This week's got it all. We got your Wolverine of the past, your Wolverine of the present, your Wolverine of the future, your Wolverine spread across a large timeline vaguely defined by a long period. It doesn't have it all. It just has all of the Wolverine. All kinds of Wolverines. We are capping off our weeks of Wolverine. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin, the Wolverine of all time. You're not a Wolverine. I just feel like You I... specifically will <laughs> refuse to be Wolverine. What because, do you mean? Because I may or may not be adding a Wolverine to my cosplay closet, and I have said you should be another Wolverine, and you yeah, said right. I'm too sh- I'm too tall to be yes. Logan. There is a difference between you refuse to be Wolverine and you have the canonical blockage in your brain that will not allow you to be Wolverine is more the issue at hand with me, darling. Oh, don't dar- don't you darling me. Darling, I'm feeling awfully Emma Frost. Don't today. you darling me. All right, today we're talking about Infinity Comics. X-Men Unlimited, and the final installation of Life of Wolverine. Woo! Wolverine Patch, number one. Devil's Reign X-Men, number three. And X-Deaths of Wolverine, number five. The end of the weeks of Wolverine. The finale. The finale. The tie it all up, put a bow on it, and bury it. Do you have anything you'd like to say to our listeners? I mean, I have it later on, but sure, we can start it with it. Jab, jab, you should have seen her face, y'all. It's not a jab. It's It's just an I was right. I've been waiting literally a whole week for this moment because you (laughs) said what you... No, no, (laughs) no. I, I need everyone to know that the revelation or the beginning of this transformation happened immediately after the recording of our episode while Justin was editing it. So go ahead. Tell the people. Oh, you sure? You sure oh, it's yeah, my I'm, turn now? I'm ready. Go all for right, it. Good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So like she said, I was editing it and I was like, oh, man. And then it was it was towards the end of editing it. And then I sat. I think I paused while editing and I sat and I flipped through the pages of every issue of Ten Lives Wolverine. And I was like, oh, man, I really did enjoy it throughout it. And then it it kind of weighed on me throughout the week and I was I listened to some of our episodes covering it I read it straight through devoid of alternating with X deaths and it's a good Wolverine story and I still I still will hold on some of the disappointments but I will accept some of the blame for those disappointments that you know if this had been just a, a Wolverine story and not eventized into Yep. You know, like Trial of Magneto. I right. feel like the same thing would have happened. I would have felt the same way. A different amount of hype. Hype and focus, yeah. However. You're going to put X-Men in front of Trial of Magneto to be like, oh, yeah, when I search for X-Men, it comes up. You're going to put Wolverine on this, even though like one is a Wolverine story, sure, but the other one's not really a Wolverine story at all, except for the end. I guess that's true, yeah. But I just wanted, you know, yeah, I I did. I wanted to have a little I told you so moment because I told you you WandaVisioned yourself. And I know you. That you would have I know you. feelings about how harsh I you were. I see how hard you're smirking right now. <laughs> I just, Are you kidding me? I'm sorry. I really. I, ear to ear. <laughs> you're, you're very rude right now. You're very rude. I'm playful. Mm, okay. Well, anyway, 
I thought that was an important bit of news. Yeah, that we needed to share. Is that good? Is there anything else? And you say, is it the greatest Wolverine story of all time? I don't know. I don't. Or, not, or the biggest, the biggest Wolverine story of all time. There you go. It's, you have to put the you have to put the emphasis on the right syllable. Yeah, sure, but I don't know. I don't know. It's the biggest one, I'd say. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fun, and it's beautiful. The yes. art is amazing. Yes, I do want to call out myself. I had given given a shout out to Andy Kubert. Adam Kubert has been doing our covers for Whoops. the Wolverine weeks. Uh, I had been reading a bunch of old X-Men issues with Andy on the art and mixed those up. How could you possibly make that mistake? Hey, let's talk about the rest of the news. What's that? What else we got? So much preview art. So much preview art. There was a teaser of Judgment Day, which had some questions in it. We saw, I saw some of it. I, You know how I like to stay away, but... We got to talk about it sometimes. You you yell at me. She'll yell at me when I'll post like covers or preview art on the podcast. Like, I got I got to do this. It's I, our it's our brand. It's our page. You know, I it's get what we it. talk about. I just don't want to see it. Right. It's like you upset that you follow on our page. Yes, but no. <laughs> so in the Judgment Day preview art, and this is the only one that I'll really like go into the content of. We see two dead X Men. Yeah. Two, two dead, dead members yeah. of the five. Not just any X. Egg and Hope. Gold Balls and Hope. Someone was uh, like, who the hell is Egg? Like, what is, is his name Gold Balls? His name is Gold Balls. He's trying to rebrand unsuccessfully. <laughs> and the interesting element that I called out was Hope is sitting in a council room chair. She's sitting in the quiet council Indeed chamber. Indeed she is. Questions. Questions. Suspicions. Concerns. Fights. You know... What are we expecting with the X, AXE? But here's the thing. Like, I don't think, I don't know. But actually, I was going to say, I don't think the Eternals are up in here murdering X-Men. But actually, yes, according to the film, they could just go <laughs> they, and They could just do that. Not all Eternals are created in a lab equally. That's the truth. Also, we got previews of Giant Size Thunderbird, which I'm excited about. And I really, I was thinking about this. I like the Giant Size as a story. Like type. is it a one-off story? Yeah, just one shot about a particular character or a couple of characters. I felt like part of the stumble with the Hickman five issues of it is that he had an idea for a bigger story that got shot down and then he scrambled to make some connection across them. Mm-hmm. But as a single one shot of a character, I think it's a great vehicle and I would love lesser known characters to get a one shot like that to like, what are they doing on Krakoa? Right yeah. now. I think that'd be cool. That is cool. Marvel Unlimited, the X-Men Unlimited fills some of that space, but I just wanted to give that shout out. And we got some preview art for New Mutants and Legion of X, as well as some variant covers for X-Men Red and Marauders. A little Marauders. Posted I that this afternoon. I saw the Kate. I didn't see that. I saw the It's gonna be unbeaten. Oh yeah, that. The New Mutants preview. Yeah, that was a cover for twenty eight coming up. And then the other thing that I wanted to mention was just Moon Knight coming Moon to Knight. you next week, next it's Wednesday. Crazy, we're gonna get our Disney Plus Wednesdays back. Get our fix. Thank goodness. We're going to stay up real late because you get home from teaching, and we're not going to bed. We're not then, not going to watch it today. And then Thursdays are the worst. The worst. <laughs> you ready to talk about comics? Yeah. Good. What do you want to talk about first? X Men Unlimited. X Men Unlimited. Silly little story. It's a little story, yeah. Downtime Part Two. What happened to Madrox and Strong Guy? I, I like this. this. I mean, is... it, it was fun. Yeah. It was longer. It felt longer than oh, really? past ones to me. 
Maybe it's because, so this is the first time that we've only had like nugget installments of these. Normally you get an arc of four or five consecutive. Yeah. This is now the second and we're told that we'll get a third. I don't know if there's more after that, but with stories in between. So maybe there it's a little bit longer because you're doing a little bit of recap and then yeah, you're, not gonna, you're not going to see these guys for a little while longer. But I like that. Honestly, I said it. This, this is the sweet spot for X-Men Unlimited. Two or so characters. Yep. Slice of life. What's going on? What are they doing? Connect with them as characters. What are they? You know, it's almost like for people that are too big for or or not ready for a giant size or, you know, what do we do for other things? I, I just in thinking about different vehicles for story for individual mutants, because there's so many mutants. There's just so, so many mutants. There's so many mutants. You know, what I learned is in, in this issue, I didn't know that the dupes can also create dupes oh yeah i was confused at one point because i was like wait they just murdered their their other dupe friend and now we got two more dupe friends and there's been some instances of if the prime dies a dupe could become the prime or oh interesting and that was the question of the prime dying in x corp i believe oh, that yeah. happened is you know like what what happens can you just make another one do you have to you know do you have to resurrect finer details and specifics interesting interesting but we get strong guy and madrox on jet skis being chased by tiny shark demons yeah that's fun and so these two characters used to be on a a couple teams together through x factor Mm. so the not the original but the all new all different x factor the peter david and larry stroman run great run of comics really enjoy that and also the x factor investigations which our friends have just started a podcast of X Factor Files that we will be on at some point. Oh, yeah. Talking about X Factor investigations from the mid-2000s, I believe. That was, I, I yeah, binged that. Yeah, you recently read that, right? Binged that last summer and then had to revisit some select issues for the trial of Quicksilver. Wow, last summer? What is time? Irrelevant. <laughs> well, basically yeah, we- our team, they, they, they make it to Monster Island they become friends with the demon shark babies because they are now covered in demon shark baby goo. Yep. And they're stranded. That's where we leave them. That's where we leave them. That's where we'll find them next time. Maybe we will. Maybe they. we won't. Will they ever leave Monster Island? That is that is the question. Writer and artist Jason Liu. Letters by Joe Sabino. VC's Joe Sabino. Joey Sabs. <laughs> we got another. Give me that life. Give me that life. Another Infinity comic. Life of Wolverine. I mean, so the whole thing was really just a moment for a love story between Logan and Jean. I mean, it was a solid interaction. One of one of pretty strong interactions between the two characters that we've seen. But this did. I I called that it wasn't going to happen last week, but they proved me wrong. They crammed. The last they got it all forty or so years of continuity into one stretch of story. One big image of all the Wolverines. I loved that. Yeah, it was amazing. I almost started recording my screen because <laughs> I was like, "This is dope." Yeah, it was really cool. We get our Wolfman, Magneto ripping the adamantium. So that was my first comic I ever read that was the first, first comic you ever read my first x-men comic that was like mine i think i like looked That's through some traumatizing i looked through some old i was like six 
six or seven. Uncle Richie was like, hey, just look at this. Look at this monstrosity. Well, no, so technically it came, and now we're getting on a tangent, but technically it came in a blind box from Toys R Us. So you used to be able to buy like packages of 25 or 50 comics, and they would just be all these random ones that either didn't sell at shops that came out like a year or so before or whatever. That issue, we got signed by Fabian Nicieza when we met him at Comic-Con. Because it was Toys R Us. Yeah. Because uh, it was your first. Because it was my first. But also, to connect to Grey Malkin Lane, and this past weekend, I participated in the trial of Magneto on their podcast. The first episode just went up, and we talked about our favorite Magneto moments or, or favorite uses of his power. Yeah. And this was my moment, because it's also my first X-Men comic. Yeah. I mean, it is a pretty cool use of his power. But yes, this is very much so a burned-into-your-brain, trauma-inducing <laughs> image of... And this is, you know... Shout out to the artist, but it is not the original, right? Right. Which is, I believe, Andy Kubert. That's funny. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. We got Feral Wolverine. We got all the bad guys of Wolverine. We got Horsemen of Death Wolverine. Which I did think was interesting that I don't think I realized that Wolverine was already a horseman of, like, he was a horseman. He was death. Yes. And now he's being called death himself. Yeah. It's uh, an interesting number of X-Men that have been... Horseman of Apocalypse. Oh, but I just mean the tie to him actually being death. Being referred to as death, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> you're an X-Men, but also you're a Horseman of the Apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. And then we do your memory drive back up. Thanks, Wanda. Oh, I remember it all. I was so excited at that part because because also because of being on a trial with Grey Malkin Lane, I was like, I read this story. Yeah. And I know what's going on. So thanks, Chad. Yeah. So that was House of M. Yeah. That was the trial of Quicksilver. Right. We've got Uncle Logan and all of his mentees. You've got X-Force bringing it right up to the current Krakoan era. I mean, Uncle Logan kind of skips, glosses over a long period of time. Just a blanket statement. Yeah, you know. He did lots of things with all these kids. And he helped them through it. And then the women of Wolverine, Mm -hmm. the scroller of all these smiling faces, except for her, who was very upset. (laughs) (laughs) And then the scroll of Wolverine. This was so epic. I loved this. Yeah, it was really cool. It's, It's really... A collection of every, almost every kind of costume that you, and there's only very slight differences between, you know, you compare this to the Russell Dodderman variant of all the the different ones. There's so many of them. So many. Almost as many action figures of Wolverine that I have. Almost. Oh my goodness. And then we end with Jean with a really wholesome moment of just having all this been shared with her. So she essentially downloaded his history and regurgitated it to us. And then She's she was the like, writer. it's okay, I'll forget it. And he's like, no, keep it in your heart. I mean, you think about, we talk about 10 Lives of Wolverine and, and its impact on Wolverine, but consider this running concurrently with that and how both of them, the trauma, the weight, the years of history that Gene is now experiencing on behalf of Logan, all that pain that he's talking about and what that will potentially do for their relationship. You know, we, we've talked about and joked about the variant cover of Gene and Logan dancing oh, at the Hellfire yeah. Gala where he's like so short compared to her. And then Scott and Emma on the cover of X-Men Hellfire Gala. I'm just going to wait until all of that happens to have any thoughts about it. That's it. Uninformed thoughts are the way to go. I like this ending, though. For the most part, it was kind of a, wasn't really a story, you know, this, no. this thing. But it was fun. You know, you get the, the full highlights, the cliff notes. Writer Jim Zub. Artist Ramon Box, color artist Java Tartaglia, 
Letter, Josephino. <clears throat> this is Josephino. Josephino. All right, shall we uh, move on to the patch? Yeah, we're going patch. And I didn't know what you thought, but I wasn't sure if we were going to go at the same level of detail. or. It was no, kinda... I think we could just kind of do a wash over patch. Yeah, it, it's almost, I, I feel similarly to this as I do of X-Men Legends and then the potentially oncoming Gambit miniseries. You know, it's it's a touch into continuity that is not exclusively relevant to what we do in Krakoa. And I'm here for Krakoa. I love this old stuff. I actually really enjoyed this issue. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Well, first, let's talk about the cover, okay? So hold your horses, sir. We horses start at the beginning. are loose. We got Patch. We got Wolverine and a nice little tux. Alicia's mom's dog, his name is Patches, and that's all I can think of every time I see it. <laughs> all right, we're digging in. Page turn noise. I just, this was like fun, classic Wolverine and Madripoor on a mission. On a fracas, you know. Mm-hmm. I said, you really love that word now. <laughs> I said it in a tweet the other day, and Joshua Casara commented back, "Fracas," and it's like, "Yes, I'm just trying to work this into casual conversation." Just it need is, to get this word happening. I just in need my to life. use it enough times that I now refer to it to describe my life. Sneaky looking data page. Mm-hmm. All right, what is this person's name? Tiger, 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 tiger. Is there a different pronunciation with the Y versus the I? I don't think so. Tiger, tiger. Yeah, maybe. Tiger, tiger. Interesting (laughs) element to call out. So they're in the Princess Bar, which Patch Wolverine co-owns. Owns, yes. yes, mm -hmm. Uh, There is a very quick flash of an Easter egg on Madripoor in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series that has a glowing sign of the Princess Bar. Oh. This is very much... So tied to Logan and his history. There's even some reference in, I don't know if you actually read it. We just talked about it when we were talking about Psylocke's retconned history and when she came back because they go to the Princess Bar on Madripoor. Anyway. Anyway. We do a little flyby. This guy's got a mission for Over the jungle. Yeah. He gonna go. He's not gonna change his outfit though. Gonna do his mission in his tuxedo. But wait, there's Nick Fury and he mad. He's always mad. Grumble, grumble, Nick Fury. I mean, Wolverine does make a, a I'm, I'm sorry, excuse me, Patch right, right. does make a really great point of you're not really doing any covert missions in this giant helicarrier. Right. Well, the fact that Wolverine, uh, Patch, is able to do it very stealthily <laughs> as he's just in a nondescript plane and jumps out of it without a parachute undetected basically just destroy his body so that it can be rebuilt i love this page yeah it's really cool of him just falling the through the trees layers yeah take a quick pause to do the creative team writer larry hama penciler andrea devito inker Le Bo underwood colorist sebastian chang letters clayton cowles <gasps> i think you mean vcs clayton Cowell. i don't does it say that i i lost the page so <laughs> We'll never know. <laughs> she goes back. Anyway, moving on. Uh, it is VCs Clayton Cowles. We got How sur- dare you? We got surveillance watching that Wolverine. Somebody's watching. There's a lot of players in this story. Yeah, but it light details, right? You, yeah. You're just kind you of really establishing. Know what's going on quite yet. Which I think is good, especially for a miniseries. You know, this is going to carry through this story. We're going to probably only play with these main characters, maybe a couple others, but. Mm hmm. And we get the Patch vs. Merc's final battle at the end. These two enhanced but also mutants. 
dangerous. Silly fools, they think that they have destroyed Patch, but they don't know he can survive anything. Yeah. No, that was fun. I like that. I'm excited about that. Fun Wolverine. I like Wal- Larry Hama. Yeah, and I, I really enjoyed the art. Too. Yeah, yeah, the art was great. Good stuff, good stuff. Larry was a classic writer on the original ongoing of Wolverine. So Claremont did the mini that started, then Claremont started the ongoing, and then Larry Hama took over and did that for a long run. Oh, that's cool. He's actually coming to Wicked Comic Con in a week and a half or so, and I, I will meet him. Justin gets to go, but I don't because I'm performing. If anybody else is going to Wicked Comic Con in Boston, let me know. I'll see you there. I'll be having all the FOMO. I'll be having all the fun. That's rude. Thoughts on Patch? Like, what do you, who, who do you, what do you know about Patch? Like the character? Yeah, yeah. Who's, Absolutely who's that? nothing. I know that from what I got from this story and from Life of Wolverine is that. He was like, nah, I just want to be a guy and I'm just going to go be a guy at a bar and just try to live a life like this. And then it doesn't really work out that way for him. Right. Because he doesn't look any different from anything. But so Patch was the undercover persona and he's used it in the Krakoan era. That was at the uh, that auction house. Oh, yep. So he doesn't actually need the eye patch. Right. He just chooses to see only out of one eye. Correct. Just that's his disguise. That's yes. his glasses. That, that's his and glasses. that's what Chris at the comic shop was like. What is Patch? And I'm like, it's Clark Kent Superman. It's, you know, <laughs> it's just a different. Except it's just not Wolverine. Except the world calls Patch out on it. <laughs> the world is not hiding the fact that it is a terrible disguise. <laughs> like we can still see you. Hey, Logan. Um, we know that's you. We know it's you. But that's really it. That's that's his persona on Madripoor. This is fun. I'm excited for issue two. Yeah. I'm excited to meet Larry and get something signed. There's some other people that you're going to get mad about. Oh, who? I, I told you, uh, Rick Leonardi. Yeah. Uh, so he's the penciler on one of my favorite single issues of Uncanny X-Men, issue 201, Storm vs. Cyclops, which I already have a copy signed by Claremont. So I will get that same copy signed by Rick Leonardi. What are the dates of this con? Is it just one day? It's just one day. April 9th. I have two shows that day. I'm two, performing in two shows. So I can't even do like a... I can't even be a crazy person and go to both things because I already have two things. Sorry. Dang it. Talking about your girl? Well, thank goodness there's something to cheer me up. Emma, Emma, get it, get it. Emma, Emma, frog. And if that wasn't enough, there's something to cheer me up too. Phil, Phil, Noto, Noto, making (laughs) awesome covers. Well, that was awesome. All right. <laughs> I love this cover. The concept, the the building fight between the two, just the visual of his forehead, of his I, face and her I forehead. I do love this cover. Yeah. I think the reflection image is really cool. And I like getting to see Emma in diamond form. We don't always get to. <laughs> but you do. Uh, I remember that one time, you know, you do one, you do one reflection in the helmet shot and then, then it's just uh, well, this trope. is different. This is reflection in the face. Sure. Yeah. Right. It's but it is, twist on. But it is also the trope. So. Right. All right. Here we go. Page turn noise. Frost scared me more than the kingpin did back in the day. I know she got off on that too. Best to give that woman a wide berth. I never want to be on her Beep. list. Turk Barrett. You actually know Turk from Daredevil and the Punisher, the TV shows. Who is he? He's the small time crook. The, oh, the guy. The yep. guy who's like always getting beat up and he gets yep. his hand slammed yep. in the trunk. Always getting shaken down. <laughs> that guy. That guy. That's cool. Yeah. He's in the comics. Emma, Emma. 
oh, these foolish, foolish this police was, officers who don't believe in telepathy. Yeah, doing what she does best. This was fun. Yeah. The, just the there's so many details in these pages and exchanges that were just entertaining and fun. The the dialogue, Union Jack being so furious, the Orcus logo on the inhibitor oh, collar. Oh, how did I not even notice? Right. That? So branding their inhibitor collars and distributing to selling them to countries who don't support Krakoa. Oh, yeah. This is Orcus, 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 Orcus. This kind of extends not good. their reach a little further. That's a scary. But I love. Uh, she just does so many things to these people. The, <laughs> the dogs. Yeah, the the chariot. Oh, this bird's legs are hurting. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, just carry me. These boots are uncomfortable. I wish I had someone to do that during Comic-Con. You heard Excuse the bird. Me. Dogs are barking. And then the roll back and taking out the pins from the tear gas grenades. Pepper spray. <laughs> the, the, the play fighting and pepper spray. Yeah, she's just like, just it's so, so much fun. Have fun. Use your non-lethals on each other, boys. And then knock yourself out because I got work to do. Go to sleep. I got stuff to do. I love this one of her sliding down the escalator arm. Yes. Living her best life. She's just having a ball. Emma does England. <laughs> She's got some new dog friends now. They'll go on their own way. She's like, you could retire to my farm, which we hear more about later. Mm-hmm. It's a title page. Secrets of the Past. Showstopper. Written by Jerry Dugan. Art by Phil Noto. Letters by Corey Pettit. VC's Corey Petit. Corey Pettit. We've got a letter. Yeah, a little goodbye. Some details of how Emma left Isabel way back when. And how she thought she was doing what was best. You know, I thought that that was like an interesting element of this. It's a cool character moment of her trying to do the right thing in a real crap situation. Yeah. Knowing there's going to be feelings regardless of the action and the care that she takes yeah. to give her her mother's maiden name you know like it's not just like oh i made you up a fake name it's like no when emma takes someone under her wing they become family no matter what right you think about her relationship with lords and what she had done with her and mm -hmm. now isabel and we're getting this repeatable character trait of her saving other women from the evils of men that's why i love her yeah that's why i love her emma yes and we're going to the Hellfire Club. They're a secret entrance. Secret entrances. Getting casual, you know? End of the workday. Almost had a Captain Kata cameo. Almost. 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 But, you know, I will say, when it comes in a little few more pages, but uh, Emma, you don't be borrowing someone's jacket and coat and then not bring them back. Uh, I'm sure she's got a bunch of them. You know, Unstable Molecules, they've copied that coat style and they've reproduced it. Uh-huh. She's actually on a mission in space right now, Kate. <laughs> Isabel's got a superhero outfit, and yeah. she shows up. She's there. She knows. And she wants to go to Krakoa, so is she a mutant? I don't know. I don't think so because of the way that Emma responds to it. You know, mm. it, I, I could do it, but there will be some, some ways Yeah, like I have to pull that. some strings to make it happen, basically. Yeah, if that is what your wish, it would not be easy, but accommodations can be made. And I loved this detail when they address things like this, not being able to mind wipe Kingpin, right? It's it's a thought most readers would have as they're looking through this, you know, right. why didn't you just do this? But to, to have it stated and a reason why you didn't do it is great. It's just acknowledging, you know, that could have been the easy way out, but we're building into the story that we couldn't have. Mm -hmm. Summer of Ninjas with the Bad Witch. Oh my God, I love it. And I, love I also it. love that she didn't, Electra never told her never. her name. <laughs> right, it's like, I'm so, just the bad witch. Oh, so Electra did see you. Oh wait, Electra? Who? That's her name? You mean Red Lady? 
the bad witch. And then Emma's like, hold on, just can, can so, you just take care of these guys real quick? So nonchalant. In a cool action sequence, great tactics by Isabel. It's crazy. She's getting this development, and we might never see her again, even though she's kind of got a superhero outfit on. Yeah. Like, what's her life like? What does she do in London? Whatever she wants, because now she's going to travel. She's even got billy clubs on the back of her suit. Yeah, she's got a knife. She's she's stacked. Wait, is the knife in the billy club? I don't know. It looks like it is. Wow, that is crazy cool. That's cool. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Neat. Layers of props. And we're going to light it up and roll out. Yeah, I don't need this building. Do you need this building? Let's just burn it. What are you talking? Oh, I see. She sets it on fire. I did not notice that at the top. (laughs) And then as they barrel through the gate, her arm is on fire. (laughs) Whoops. Oh, and that's why she's like. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With the smoke coming up. Uh, welcome ah. to Krakoa. Yeah, you know what? I can't live here. I don't know. I don't like. I like the city, but no. If I but, saw Krakoa, yeah. bye. And then our friend Ben Yurik is back. Ah, oh, Ben Yurik. <laughs> Trying to keep the focus on Elma while you've got your own things going on, Mister Fisk. I'm very much so looking forward to Devil's Reign number six and the aftermath of what happened. I mean, how are you gonna even think that? All right, so you're Wilson Fisk. You used to hire Emma Frost to do all these things for you. Like, get it together, man. Look at who this woman is. You think you're going to blame her for all the stuff that you've got going on and she's not going to figure out a way to take you down with her? Right. Come on. Don't be a fool. Especially someone that you've employed in so many different ways of manipulation and deception. You know, she's learned all these things. You're threatened by her. So, sorry. This bagel does not exist. (laughs) I laughed at that. I just, I feel like that's... Jerry does that well with comedy coming from a character's essence. You know, mm-hmm. it comes from in character, not every character, but the characters that he knows their voices really well, which I would put Emma at the top of that list. Oh, yeah, for sure. So she makes a little bedroom appearance. Yeah. I love that. I yeah. love that. He's like, where are you? You must be close. And she just does the, the turnaround wheelie chair reveal like. Closer oh, than you I'm think, here Willie. this whole time in your bedroom. Well, actually, she's facing the wall because she doesn't want to see. Oh, it's actually not a wheelie chair. Yeah, it, just it's a like a hotel chair. hotel chair, and she's leaning over her shoulder. Closer than you think, Willie. <laughs> mm-hmm. One day, when your life is coming down around your head, I will ask you if crossing me was worth everything. Mic drop. She's uh. And and I like not if crossing me was worth everything. If crossing me was worth. Everything. everything right 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 like y'all going down now emma emma get it get it emma emma jesse christian five on instagram said that this x-men tie-in is low-key fire which i agree there are so many tie-ins that i've read that are not anywhere near as good as this i feel like this mm. had a very concentrated story happening somewhat relative to the main event somewhat relative to the main continuity but characters that stretched to either side and was contained with itself was steeped in some setup that had already been laid i only read these three issues of devil's reign and i had no problem like knowing what was going on because it told its own story and and a good story and still in that world did a really nice job of connecting to what the Krakoan age is and also cr- connecting to what's going on in New York. Like right. 
it was seamless in my opinion. Yeah. And it wraps up before the end of the event, which I feel like is, is really good because it gets hit its piece. And then, but although it does say not the end, right? Yeah. Which is great, even better. You know, if you have a, a tie-in that is then going to seed you with another plot point that you could play out later on. Yeah. Were you ever worried about your girl? No. Never concerned? No, I told you at the end of the last issue when you were like, she's being arrested. I was like, she is fine. <laughs> she didn't even make it to jail. She I didn't sound even so whiny in your voice. <laughs> she's being arrested. Help, Alicia. Stop, stop. Catherine. <laughs> she didn't even have to wear that nasty jumpsuit that she's got on in the cover. <laughs> never even had to go there what's next in store for kingman i don't know man he better just like shut up (laughs) (laughs) you better watch his back just like just lock it up sir just be the mayor and be fine with it leave emma and the x-men alone stay away from krakoa you were going to read the other issue the most recent issue of devil's reign last night just because i had said something big happened to kingpin and i want to it's a it's a good story i just have to pace myself. Which it's another thing that I would assume, and this is just an assumption, I would assume that Devil's Reign was an idea that was written as a Daredevil story and then got And then they were like, how do we hold up into an event? Which I don't know, because this is a much larger event. Like this then had tie in titles and and other people Mm -hmm. affected. It was much more than just a Daredevil story. But and it had the legs to be like this this story was big. Yeah, this is good. I mean, but when you have a character like Kingpin who naturally already crosses over into so many other stories. Especially as the mayor of New York and and so much centered in New York. Yeah, the New York like street level world is very overlapping. As evidenced in issue two of this miniseries, there's always a rube swinging by as Mm -hmm. Spider-Man is just in the neighborhood. Yeah, Classic Spider-Man. You got any more questions for me on that Devil's Reign? That's all. We we are actually recording. This has happened a couple of times where we've gotten a handful of good questions after we've already started recording, but we oh. are recording early today for scheduling purposes and we didn't get any questions on this one. We got a couple for the next issue though. Oh, okay. Well, if we miss any like really juicy questions, maybe we'll Secret Sauce. Well, uh, oh, well Secret Sauce. I was going to say we Patreon answer special them, sauce. but Special Sauce. It's not secret. It's just special. I mean, it was secret before we started talking about it. Well, now it's not. Well, we've talked about it before. <laughs> special sauce, in case you Inside forgot. Inside baseball. Is a little... <laughs> <laughs> Three weeks to the day, I'm pretty sure. Boo. Anyway, special sauce is the little nuggets we add in after the episode has already been recorded, in case you forgot. So, uh, X-Deaths, number Ready five. for those deaths, those X-Deaths that we get a reason why. That's the name of the title. Dun dun dun. Kind of. Well, we kind of talked about this cover last week, but it's the other half. Yeah, the other side. Which I, I didn't realize the other half of Wolverine is actually Wolverine, but the original half, it's Technogan in the background. Right. And that's what I was saying that I still feel as though this was a missed opportunity to not include the other Wolverines. Right. Because especially you have classic Wolverine currently. In the back. Looming behind. And it's like he's joining the fight, which he literally is doing. I also just want to acknowledge that Marvel has made it clear that it is his name is Omega Wolverine. Yes. But we are not going to call him that. No. Omega Wolverine was in Team X. That was Omega Red in Wolverine's body. That yeah. was Omega Wolverine. Yes, Omega silly. Wolverine was on the table 
jabbed into Professor X's shoulder. This is Technogan. Man's Technogan. If you're going to take my t-shirt down, at least... Put some respect on his name. <laughs> at least use the name. All right, you ready? Yeah, uh, yeah. Page turn noise. Oh, sweet Lord. Go hox yourself. You know, this... <laughs> oh, gosh. Moira, again, playing the victim as though this is all Charles's fault. I'm, I'm going to say something that may come as a surprise, but like, this is not Charles Xavier's fault. 100%. Let's not put Charles in the blame seat for this. Believe me, I am down and ready to call out Charles for the trash he's done. But girl, this is 100% your fault. You did this, Moira. Secret cures, lies, deception. You, you treat people like they're nothing. Like they're, I'm still not over it. I'm still not over it. I bring it up every single just time. Just by looking at his face, y'all, I knew he was thinking about the Banshee skin I suit. just went back earlier today. I almost posted it today for a throwback Thursday. I went back to the first appearance of Moira. And you know who greets her? Banshee. Banshee. Sean Cassidy. And the face he's making oh is the God. face he died in. Oh, my God. He's so, like, I've never experienced Justin B so upset. Shooketh. About one specific thing for so long before. And I feel like it's, like, still a fresh wound. Well, I also I also reread the series. Yeah. I reread 10 Lives, and then I was like, okay, well, I'm not, not going to reread 10 X Deaths, you know? Yeah. But anyway, Moira, she's having these little visions, these as flashbacks. She, as she dies. She's dying. Oh, what an epic death. What an epic this death. This page is so beautiful. I love seeing all her lives. Yeah, the art and setup. The yes, end of but, all her lives. Yeah, the, the corresponding images to each one of her deaths. Each one of the, these are the 10 deaths of Moira, the mm-hmm. X deaths of Moira in order too, which I think is interesting. So you compare those to how and when she's died in the stories that we know of. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep. And I really love the way, you know, when we were talking with Joshua Kassara about the book and just talking about the collaboration in general, like you can really see the collaboration here because this image, though different, very much mirrors the image of Wolverine in lives with the Cerebro helmet oh, on yeah, and yeah. all the different lives kind of stemming out of it. And also it reminds me of when Moira showed Emma mm-hmm. her lives and you get the splinters almost in the same patternization. Well, she's dead. Yeah, and we she have did. a title page. Dead End. Written by Benjamin Percy. Art by Federico Vicentini. Color art by Dijo Lima. Letters and design by Corey Petit. No, VC's Corey Petit. You can't say Petit. I said Petit. Uh, VC's Corey Petit. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if like Corey will ever hear our podcast and be like, these two just argue about my name and neither of them are saying it right. Yeah, it is Pata. <laughs> It is Corepate. It is Corepate. <laughs> yes. Let's look at these boxes real quick. Omega okay. Omega Wolverine is a cool name. Not as cool as Technogan. Not as cool as Technogan. I digress. Interesting how Logan is listed as Logan and Laura is listed as Wolverine. I know. I've been telling you they're make, they're phasing him out. I'm into it. She's the new Wolverine, the new staple Wolverine. And just in time for myself to get my butt in motion to make a new cosplay. Yeah. Thinking about how this death story is about Logan the man and his connection and relationship to his family, even before our 616 Logan shows up, the pain that we've seen from future Logan seeing his kids, knowing how they've died. Yeah. It just feels like, yes, it hasn't been a Wolverine story, but that has been a common thread through this whole arc. Well, it hasn't and, been a Logan story. Right. 
It's been a Technogan story. It's, I mean, it's been, been a Moira. Wolver- it's it, been a Wolverine's story. Yeah, it's been a Moira story with featuring Technogan and the Snicks. Now with more Wolverine. So I want the Snicks to have a headlining name. I don't want them to be the backup anymore. Well, you know, call Marvel because I think I think that'd be a cool title, not title name, but just a cool like Wolverine doing stuff with Wolverines. The Wolverines. Right. Yeah. The Wolverines. Sounds like a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be. Could be. It's family drama. All right, can we can we get into it now? Let's get into it. Yeah. Omega Wolverine versus the Wolverines. <laughs> Technogan's like, I'm through with you guys. I'm going solo. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, you're not. Yes. The band's not breaking up. He's making a break for Cerebro. I got to call out Sage in this issue. Oh, heck yeah. Sage, Sage, Sage. I want to shout out Doodles on Demand and a few other people that we were talking about, Sage, so he had drawn Sage the other day, and we were talking about oh, how yeah, we were the... craving for more Sage. Yeah. You know, like I, I said, I like her position. I like where she is. I just wish she was doing more. And I feel like she kind of gets relegated to tech support. Yep. And there is so much more. And great data pages. You know, she has got the coolest data pages around because she's surveilling. And, and... I mean, she actually says in this one, like, I'm a living computer or yeah. something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you are. Like, yeah, that's right. your actual power. You're not just like a person who's you're not just the guy in the chair. Situation. Right. You're not just a super smart person you that, know? that hangs back. You yeah. can do stuff. Yeah. You can do stuff. And, and we'd like to see it. There's the Cerebro sword. So she just got an idea. Yeah. It's a step in the right direction. It's like it's like the Gambit and Rogue talking to Destiny. All right. that That's a good step. We're in the right direction. More, please. And Beast is in this issue. Yeah. That's fine. Just tell him, Beast, do what you're doing. I'll do me. Just sit here and type on this computer. And I'm going to go do Sage Amazing Things. Wolverine battle. Oh, epic action sequence. The art, amazing. The action sequence, so good. Yeah, a lot of people, when talking about Federico's art, they call it kinetic. And I think that Mm -hmm. that is what Marvel even solicits it as. And just the motion of his art, I feel like you you feel it on the page. Even even that one a couple issues ago where Gabby was tearing through the jungle, catching up, which is almost the same shot as in like two or three pages where Logan comes down like oh, that. yeah. But, yeah. I love it. I love this battle. I like seeing each of them go with their individual tactics. I love... I was so excited. I was like, yeah, Gabby with the boulder. And then it just gets completely ripped in half. And I was like, wah, wah, yeah. wah. Everyone's getting their time with Dad. As Sage is talking about the gravity of his attack and what it could do to the island. And and there's, there is that little bit of he's, Logan who's still in there. He's who's fighting it. Fighting the phalanx and just saying like, take me down, please make it end. You got to do it. But then there is no Wolverine. There is only phalanx. Oof. Hold your bubs. Technogan and the Snicks now with more Wolverine coming in. Oh my goodness. This close up. Uh, yes. So good. But also, hey, this watch, it's important. Like sentimentally, but also metaphorically. This page was kind of silly. Like the, 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 they were. Well, I feel like a little bit. Though overall, the stories don't thread together as well as we had thought they would. Yeah. I felt like in this issue they were like, "But here's the watch, yeah, and here's the Cerebro Sword, yes, and together we make lives and deaths of Wolverine." <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is exactly. <laughs> What was heavy-handedly done? <laughs> like, that is, you know, that is uh, what well, we talked about. That one issue of X Men, like I'm not breadcrumbing. I'm just putting a loaf of bread on the table. <laughs> but I feel like it may have been one of those things where they had 
all these grand ideas of how to thread them together and then got edited down and they yeah. were like, oh, crackers. Uh, yeah. Well, we need to still do something. So throw the watch in there. And Maybe. Cerebro yeah. sword yeah. saves the day. All right. We're going to give them the benefit of the doubt on that and, one. And just the emotional trauma story of Wolverine throughout. Yes, yes. I love the Phalanx's plan. To think about their plan and, and the mutant's fears. Like if the Phalanx is able to connect into Cerebro, they would be That's everyone. It. They'd be done. I'm assuming it's because Cerebro is connected to people throughout the island, constantly updating their minds. And that's why. Yeah, it would be able to like seep in through the Cerebro network. And then right. that's it. That's interesting. Because it's just the the interruption of or, or inability of Phalanx to assimilate mutants previously. Like, the mm-hmm. only reason he's they're able to do this to Wolverine is because of Forge's gun. Yeah. And if you didn't notice the watch from last week, now they're like, hey. Hey. Here you go. To pay attention to this watch. Sage's plan. We were talking about earlier. I, I'm not sure how this plan works. And I don't know how many times I can say that in one event. And it can still be a major concern. But I love this as I a thing. I think it works. Sure. Because she taps into her mutant power and yep. connects her mutant power to the sword. I feel like this makes way more sense to me than what Mikhail does. 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. It's just neither are... This is technology-based. She is technology-based. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The right. phalanx is technology-based. Versus, I put a sword in your body. It's got metal bits and send you through time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I still like it. Yes, same. But yeah. Data page. This data page. Holy moly, this data page. Yeah. So these deaths happen in 10B Omega, which is just what I tried to refer to it as. The future that may or may not be avoided by the end of this issue or may explicitly be set up due to this issue. This feels very a Christmas carol. These are the things that are yet to come. Spirit, are these the futures? Are these the Christmases of things that will be or just things that might be? Just things that might be, friend. <laughs> Get it together, though. And interesting detail and process. I, I liked this as a concept for a data page. Yeah, and I... It was intense. It's also interesting to me that these four specifically are called out. Like in the grand scheme of Krakoa, it makes... And House of X and Powers of Ten, it makes sense for Charles and Magneto to be called out. But Marvel Girl and Nightcrawler, like that makes me think, what role are they going to play in what's about to happen going forward that they are specifically called out as these, like that their deaths are more significant than other deaths? Right. Well, I mean, the point of Marvel Girl being an Omega... Mm-hmm. And, and, and she to, had to be among the first to die. Right. To be able to take her out before she can really do anything across the island. Same with Xavier, right? These mm-hmm. are the people that they're trying to do. And it just, there was so, like, Nightcrawlers was an epic story of yeah. just how he was able to get away until he couldn't. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't see. Anymore. That was so crazy. Yeah. I loved it. I saw some complaints about it that it was a little too much or they people skimmed through it. I thought it was great. No, I loved it. I thought it was a nice glimpse into a you know an alternate world. It let us know like really where techno good comes from. Yeah, how, it's it's similar to when they talk about how the Wolverines all die. Right. You know, right. It it's gives just more you detail that, from that world. Yeah, it gives you the um, motivation and the the driving force of like why we need to overcome this because this is what our outcome is if we don't. And you also think about, so your question of why Marvel Girl and Nightcrawler, these are people that have great connection to Logan, mm. right? So these are things that would stick out in his mind. Maybe in not so much mind. Magneto, 
but Xavier definitely, Nightcrawler definitely, Jean definitely. Yeah, that's true. Wolverine about to man up and be the dad, protect his chillins and fight. He's like, stay here, kids. I got this. I got to take on this metal zombie future version of myself and oh, win. This, this moment of Laura just like holding Gabby while they're watching, you know, that's a sweet moment. Yeah. And it's interesting, right? So they were all going at it, but just their reactions to Wolverine going at it and and the differences in their fighting abilities or mm-hmm. styles and, and how they're trying to make that as the statement. Like, no, Wolverine was necessary for this fight. Questionable. But he was necessary for this fight to go up against his Himself. essential equal from right. the future. Right. And then Sage. And Sage with the win. She's here. The sword's here. And we shall destroy the phalanx with the sword. That yeah. explosion, though. I'm not going to lie. When I was reading this page, I was like, <gasps> did I call it? Is this it? Does actual Logan get disintegrated from existence because he killed his future self, who is also his past self, because Technogan is, comes from the past and the future? And then Wolverine Logan is gone forever? And then I was like, nah, they're not no, they're not going to do that. They would never do that. They would never do that. And I don't want them to. But it's okay because this phalanx, this I feel. Suspect, right? The phalanx body being absorbed into Krakoa, who already has Warlock intertwined, seems a little questionable. I just thought that that was very suspect. Yeah, it's clean. You can eat it. Fine. Sure, go for it. We're going to go drink whiskey. Like All of the whiskey. That seems like maybe there might be a little phalanx left in there. (laughs) Uh, I got to go drink all the whiskey, though. And before we go, we have a little Wolverine time poetry. Kids hate history. Kids know nothing, but at least they're honest. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Wolverine poetry time brought Wolver- to you by Logan. Welcome to the Bub's Poetry Corner. <laughs> and we're in your favorite place. Green Lagoon Green celebrations. Lagoon. I would assume that Logan and Jean, perhaps even the Snicks now all know the story of Moira and her lives, or at least details of it. They've got to have told them something. After fighting Moira, after chasing Moira and her connections. Interesting That'd to be think about. would messed up if they didn't. Right. Well, I mean, it's just that was priority information at a point, right? And and just yeah. how many people now are gradually knowing more and more, right? Forge knows. Yeah. Has to. Has to. Doug definitely knows. We've seen Doug that 100% in Inferno, knows. right? It, it just the council seems all like, knows. Yeah, right. It just seems like it's growing how many people know. Mm-hmm. And then the bottom of this page... Oh. Sneaky little Sabretooth. I wrote all caps Sabretooth. Victor Laval, who is writing Sabretooth currently, has teased that he's working on a triptych, so three stories. Interesting to see this teased here as, you know, maybe one of his future stories is Sabretooth There's connected to Wolverine. There's always more mayhem waiting around the next bend in the trail. Yeah. Sabretooth. <laughs> Wolverine. He's this knife to stab things with, and I don't love it, but I wield it. Sage is like, whoa, what about me and my tech skills? Yeah, I don't know. I just like to stab things with Wolverine. Okay, Beast. Okay, Beast, go away. And then... Ugh. Oh. And then there's a grave. There's a grave, and this, this is the line-wide ramification that I was this looking for. This is what you were waiting right? for. Right? This is the big takeaway moment that, okay, all right. We now have technically a Moira's eleventh life, and also 
what the heck? Did that guy go and bury robot Moira? Yes. He must have before they even got there, I'd assume. Because they destroyed the lab afterwards. Right. So, right. And that's even the, the, the text says, I waited 10 days if I failed to take them down. So now... Now we have a, another Moira. We have a second shot at what Moira. Is, what does this grave say? Kinross. That's her maiden name. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, and the look. The look. Oh, oh man. Oh, God. She's so terrifying. I love it. It's so, it's very scary what's about to happen, but also very exciting. It's it's so crazy. I like that she's got a raven near her. Symbol of death. But also raven. Raven. What'd you think? Big picture. I mean, I thought it was great. Yeah. I, you know, I love a good epic battle issue that's just like fight, 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 and amazingness, beautiful art, you know. And it still had a bunch of other stuff beyond the fight, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And we we knew, right, we talked about this last week, we knew that they had to defeat the phalanx, at least the majority of the phalanx, who knows where that little skeleton will go right we have more issues coming next week we're right not gonna but we're not gonna the phalanx is not gonna destroy them and then but to have such a gap of having moira die at the beginning of the issue and then you go the whole issue thinking okay moira's dead well all right and you move on and then you get the end of the issue and you're like oh snap right right this is crazy to think how much moira we got in this story well, we've been waiting. Right. We've been waiting for so long. I mean, you haven't been waiting that long, but I've... I... What do you mean? I've been waiting for oh, the whole Krakoan age. <laughs> <laughs> you've been waiting half the time. <laughs> Whatever. As you've caught Time up. means nothing, as we've discussed. Right. But think about it. Think about the amount of change. That, that's my first question is, is about the amount of change that Moira has gone through in these five issues alone. Mm. right we left her and and that change definitely started at the end of inferno but the amount of transformation that she went through in these five issues compared to the amount that we've seen and known of her that was like the big yeah secret hidden she didn't go through that transformation just in these five issues yeah right all that time that she's been by herself in the no place she's been going through this transformation she's been turning evil she's well, been even, i'd say twisting it's longer her than perspective that. i'd say it's longer than that you know it's it's over the lifetimes it's, it's every life failed three, basically yeah right it's every failed attempt to save the mutants that she's really only trying to save them what because she's afraid of destiny and raven right but like is she trying to save them or is she trying to save herself right exactly that that was the facade was that she was trying to save i I genuinely think that she was trying to save them in some way in the beginning in those other lives that she was working on and even throughout this arc it's just that feeling of thinking this is your last life i do not think that this is this robot moira is the 11th life that destiny foretold oh no Uh, this is some twist this is some crazy business i would say she did not make the correct decision in the end yikes warline comics wants to know if we'd like to see pimtron and moira x lead the phalanx in the quest to destroy the universe no i didn't know what pimtron was i had to look it I'm, up. I'm gonna assume that is a ultron version ultron ant-man yep mash-up. merged into a physical form a human body and oh well no because i don't want moira to take down the universe 
Right. Well, I mean, I would say long plan. Yes. Let's mm-hmm. see that. You know, and I don't want them necessarily to succeed. But if that's the big bad, you throw in Omega Sentinel, Nimrod, heck, maybe even MODOK, you know, like what else yeah. is connecting to as this council of AI and AI similar type creatures building. That's a Marvel line threat. Yeah. That's like the crossover to end all crossovers at the end of this type thing. I mean, she she's going to Orcus. She's going somewhere. She's yeah. going. She's going to be like, hey. You're, yeah, hey, right. Hey, Omega Sentinel. Right. We're hey. friends now. We're the same. Hey, Abigail, give me a meeting with Director Devo. We're the same now. We're yeah. both robot ladies who want to destroy the mutants. Let's do it together. From the future and the past. Like, you can tell me that secret stuff that yeah. only you and Nimrod because know. Because we are the same. He also, Warline also said, never fall in love with Moira X. Banshee learned that the hard way. Oh. Ah. You'll never let, never let it go. The Pikachu said, and I was giggling to myself when I read this. I'm not the only one concerned by Beast's main takeaway from X Lives and Deaths being murder is good. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like when necessary. It's good to have a knife to jab things with. I mean, the thing is, what I think that's setting up is the continued shift in Beast's perspective. Oh, yeah. That violence is the answer that you have to be forceful and aggressive to get what you want and you can't like there's no negotiating there's no peaceful way of doing it and i think that's really concerning because he seems to be or he thinks he's in an influential role i mean he is in an influential role right but he also it's going to his head and i think that that really starts to drive the wedge between Beast and Wolverine's perspective because you think about, okay, Beast is this megalomaniac in charge who is now seeing Wolverine as a tool that he can use when he needs to. Right. And that's something that Logan's not going to play with. And he he doesn't agree with things that Beast's doing already. It's And it's also the whole thing, this whole story, if you're going to take anything out of lives of Wolverine, the whole thing was basically a realization of the fact that Logan is always used as a tool of violence. For other and people's means. you're telling yeah. him in the end of that story, you know, Krakoa is your home. Krakoa is where you belong. And then Beast is going to try to turn around and make Krakoa just another version right. of all that stuff that Logan has already been through that he doesn't want for himself anymore. Absolutely. All right. So question that I had of is, is Wolverine the only guy that could have stopped Omega Wolverine? You know, the fact that he was, and I get it. It's a Wolverine event. So obviously, yes, by narrative dictation, it has to be, but where's Magneto? You know, like this is a metal guy. You just, you just pick him up. Where's, where's Polaris? Yeah, I guess that's true. Wolverine, wouldn't have to be i mean in any instance like sage could have literally just stabbed him with the sword without having to pass the sword to potentially i mean could she have gotten that close without getting torn apart right is is maybe the question of that but yeah i think it really just comes down to narratively i think there are other people who could have been in that battle i think the kid wolverines could have sustained it for longer you know because each of them was fighting individually like i yeah fight as a team i think Maybe, yeah. Uh, it was just really a story. Like, Logan had to be the one to do it. Right, for the story. For the story. And the logic of it all, it's my only last parting thought of, you know, some of it. Some of it just didn't add up, but I, I love it. What are, you, what are you trying to do? Put logic on a comic. Suspend your disbelief. 
What did you, any, any other reactions or thoughts to the event as a whole? I'm really excited to see what happens next in that it feels like we've gotten a good buildup of another threat. And, you know, with Orcus building in the background, with Mikhail coming at them with their army, and now with Moira, there, and then all the other villains that have been building up in like X-Men and stuff like that, it feels like we're getting to like the edge of a cliff, like or the tipping point of a roller coaster. And like something's got to happen to like take everybody off their perch well it's interesting because i i don't know right so we waited two years for most readers waited essentially two years or so for this mm-hmm. arc close of moira's right the x line the x office has talked about how they have broad scope plans for the next two to three years yeah this is essentially the last issue of the reign of X, right? Because yes. Immortal X-Men comes out next week. That is the big title next week. And that kicks off the destiny of X. This really sets the table for what you're talking about to, to develop, yeah. to slow develop. Cause I feel like there's been a fast development of that in the last couple of months, couple of weeks, even with that X-Men issue, putting everyone around that table, adding in mode. Like they're gathering their forces. Yeah. It's building. Now it's, things are going to go crazy with the Eternals and the just, Avengers. And yeah, I just feel like what I would like is there'd be some sort of streamlining of all of those things. I know a lot of them tie into Orcus, like but I just don't want to see like, this bad guy's coming from this direction and this bad guy's coming from this direction and it feel like all over the place. Right. I think there's going to be some of that, but also there are a lot of connections between these things, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of common points even across, you got Zeno connected to Mikhail, you've got Orcus yeah. essentially connected to everyone that is bad. Yeah. You know, is that just the buildup? Is that that just gets larger and larger as the humans have enough? And then. And then what happens? Right. I really love this issue. I really enjoy this event. I think that this is a, you know, it was a solid Wolverine event. I agree. And I don't know that, I mean, there's been some with the the rebirth or the death of Wolverine or the uh, different other Wolverine relative events. But this was definitely a, a Wolverine event. This is a Wolverine's event. Yes. And this other half, this other half was a Moira event. Yes. No. Disagree. Disagree? I still think it was a Wolverine's event. It was a Krakoan event. The second and, half was a Krakoan event. And Moira is just the bad guy? Yeah. And Arnab Shakaladar. Arnab. I think we'll see him again, too. Oh, yeah. He's got to come back. And guess what? We got some special sauce. So we're back with questions. Comic Extracts wants to know, the Beast Cerebro plot didn't wrap. Does he become Cerebrax and go full villain? Oh, my God. Does Beast become Cerebrax? Does he send, he untethers that Cerebro unit? I mean, there's definitely something to that because... He's the one, like Sage leaves him to do something with a single Cerebro unit and just leaves him on his own. And then he was like all murdery at the end of the issue. So who's he trying to take down? Yeah, he could be villaining it up, villaining it up. And Warpath underscore Dylan. Yeah, Dylan. Oh, my God. House of X. Favorite looks each of you for Wolverine. 
So all of his all, all, all of his different line. looks. Oh man. Oh man. My favorite. My favorite of all the Wolverines. I feel like the one that immediately came to mind for me was American West Wolverine. Just yeah, because... me too. But I just feel like I saw it for 2.5 seconds. I right. don't even know what it really is. It's just Wolverine in a cowboy hat and he's got a cool scarf. And, you know, he says bub in a different kind of accent. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a Wolverine I would cosplay as. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a cowboy. Cowboy, basically. <laughs> cowboy with claws. Cowboy with claws. I'm six foot three, y'all. I am not Wolverine. I'm I'm huge Jackman. Huge Jackman. Yeah. And Venom. Yeah. You love you love Venogan. Venogan, that's my favorite look. I mean, all of Wolverine's costumes are pretty I and nostalgia similar. factor, I loved the T Max T Max look of just mm-hmm. I remember having that action figure as a kid. I know what I don't like. What? The OG look with the tiny little cat ear looking. I don't like that one. Oh, the the original appearance, the like the East? first. Yeah, no thanks. Mm. No thanks. And I obviously love Technogan. Oh yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think if yeah. I had to choose, like of all the looks, Technogan would one hundred percent be the right choice. Yeah. For Lives of Wolverine and Deaths of Wolverine, like. That's a look. Yeah, Technogan. That's the winner. Unanimous. Forget the rest of this conversation. <laughs> Pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> but still put it in the show. Any other thoughts? Any other questions? Any other No, I mean I'm I'm excited about what's next and I I will definitely be sad for this story to be over, but there's still more Krakoa. We'll hold on to that excitement and channel it to the excellent issue two coming out next week. I will not. <laughs> I will read it. Oh, you're gonna like it. Okay. We'll get a print version of X Men Unlimited Latitude number one, which we don't necessarily have to cover. We might talk about oh, it quickly, cool. but, but that's the first X Men Unlimited arc. But the big one. The big one. Immortal X Men number one. Ah. <sighs> Ooh. And then Can't also, wait. Uh, for me, Dark Ages number six of six. So the final Dark Ages story. Pop, pop. What an adventure these last 10 weeks have been. I liked it. I just, I, I love, you know, I'm going to keep on reopening the wounds, but you compare something to House of X and Powers of 10 and there's going to be some high expectations. Yes. And I feel like that was a misstep on Marvel's part and or well, the editorial eventizing, the kind of raising the stakes of this in name and in show. I think that, and I, I, I call some of that responsibility on myself. And even last week, I called some of it on Marvel and the editorial, you know, like that. That puts that expectation in your mind. And looking at the full event, you get you get your Krakoan bit. Mm-hmm. You get your season finale of Wolverine and X-Force bit. Yeah. And now you have some more to chew on and lead us into the next run. I think you have to remember, like you, collect view, everybody. Right we all have to remember that this was theoretically, if I'm correct, originally intended to happen pretty close after House of X and Powers of Ten. Like this next phase of where Moira was gonna be, like Inferno and all of this, was I I'm under the understanding that like this is where Hickman wanted to go next and he couldn't go there right away because they wanted to extend it. So maybe if there hadn't been so much time in between, it would have 
So I think there's a little bit of changing of what he wanted to do at one point and, and tightening up so that he wanted to, I think it was around COVID. And this is just from interviews that I've read. It was around COVID that he wanted to start leading things towards the end of that phase. And nobody else wanted to. The rest of the staff, they were like, we like living in this world. Right. So I don't know what that necessarily means in terms of the extra months that were added from the Hellfire Gala and then anything else in between. Mm. And then was Inferno his end of act one? Always that the intention? I and feel like this, what happened with Moira, is the end of act one. Hmm. And act two is what does Moira do going forward? So you think that this plot thread of Moira becoming this robot was a Hickman written plot I thread? I think, yes. I don't know. I, I think I mean, it was a plan all along. I think it might have been part of the conversation, especially because Percy Ben was talking about having this story in his head for a while, I think, and especially working with Hickman on developing it. Mm -hmm. So I, I do also just want to give some of the, the narrative credit to Percy for, for bringing this oh, yeah. new layer of interest and, and intrigue to Moira's story I think, without Hickman. Right? I think what, I, what I'm thinking is that Hickman knew that Moira would... would would be the bad that she would start oh, yeah, yeah, as yeah. the good and be the bad. Oh yeah, and yeah. that was always her his uh, intention. That that definitely that definitely. I, I feel like Moira was very much so always the the turn end game character. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say the the road that we're going on now is a little uncertain as to whether or not yeah who whose idea that was right. right but right. I but I do think that's what I mean. I think the the transition of Moira from the savior to the villain is was the arc of our, of act one yeah i would agree well okay we, we we already talked about what comes next week we we've got three great comics technically five comics that we talked about today what a doozy this was until next time old friend Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. <laughs>